0: Is it music for the masses?
1: Um, uh, no. Hello and welcome back to Isopod, the isolation podcast music courtesy of Sacred Lime, as always. Joined by Corey, my co-host, and uh, we have a special guest on the pod this week, Mr. Matt Ryan, a very close friend of, uh, of both me and, uh, and Corey. Matt, welcome to the show. Wow, what a rush to be here on Baseball Bums. Really
2: excited (laughs) to join the pod. Um, It kind of felt like when you're at a grocery store and you meet an acquaintance and you're like, hey, we should hang out sometime, but you both don't really actually mean that you want to hang out. I kept asking to be on Isopod and it felt like you guys never actually
0: wanted to be on the pod. But I am so
2: happy to be here.
0: Just, just for the fans listening out there, it takes at least seven requests before you are actually on. The <laughs> That's podcast. accurate. Lucas begged us for at least a year. Tess took a while too. And yet, we've um, had Charlie yeah, on twice, so, and
1: we've had Lucas on twice, right? Yeah, it's it's fine.
0: Yeah, and Charlie also asked like years ahead before we ever let him on. That's true.
2: So, I'll be the best guest.
0: Don't feel bad. Yeah,
1: yeah. Don't feel don't feel too bad. It's uh, it's special territory to to come on this show, so. Um. Well, cool. We have a lot of things to go over tonight. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday, so new music is going to drop in about a half hour, a little over a half hour. Um, so looking forward to that. Stop
0: what you're doing. Listen to Unlocked 1.5. The really that's really all you need to do. Just kidding.
1: That's really it.
0: Uh, M- Matt, right off the bat, what are you listening? to? There today? you go.
1: Putting me
2: putting the pressure on me. I love it. Um, actually, a couple of isopod recommendations from. Recent episodes, uh, the Avalanche's latest album. I feel nice. like my only exposure to electronic music was Odessa for a really long time, and now kind of branching out a little bit. And really like the Avalanche album, and then also was that the Portland Portland band Ty- Typhoon?
1: Been Typhoon, yes, the, that's right. Yes. Typhoon a lot. That's a good sound. Uh, but yeah, love love that one. Yes, uh, Corey, what about you?
0: I'm listening to Tyron a lot. We'll get into that. Uh, Outside of that, Rhapsody. Uh, That was kind of inspired by the Judas soundtrack. She has a great feature on there I'll get into later. Um, Abby sent me this TikTok of this guy talking about his favorite albums, and one of them was Lila's Wisdom, so I went back to that one. I think that was like a 2016 or 2017 release that we kind of raved about at the time, but I think it's even better than I thought at the time. And then her Eve album... Uh, that ninth wonder was all over. She's just one of the best rappers out there right now. Yeah. D- uh, another band, Elbow. Um, they're kind of this English progressive alt rock band that was a wreck by a coffee customer. So I like them a lot. Cool. Uh, their seldom seen kid album from two thousand eight is the one I've gotten into the most. But yeah, lots of very, very uh. L- lyrics that keep, catch you right off guard and kind of take you by surprise. So I I, I like that kind That's of music. Fun. How about you, Jack?
1: Well, I've been me. I was meaning to talk about this on our last show, but I went through this. I go through through this once or twice a year. It's like a punk rock, angsty teen phase. Uh, Matt knows all about this. He's yes. he's a fellow. Well, uh, he's a fellow fan of this type of music. But I've been really into the story so far. Um, they're like kind of a modern. Um like uh they're punk rock, but they're a little they're kind of like the modern um uh Blink 182, I would say. Uh their sound is pretty like sad boy kind of you know breakup kind of music. Um so it's it's definitely not for everybody, but I've been listening to them a lot. Um another band called I Can Make a Mess. Uh, who I listened to when I was in high school. Um, they're not so much punk rock, but they're definitely uh, in that kind of genre. The lead singer, Ace Enders, he has a couple different projects that he's a part of. The early November is definitely in that punk rock scene, uh, which he's a part of. And then James Ivey, who we'll talk about in a little bit, but um, I raved about him at the end of last year with that yearbook single that he had in 2020, but I, I continue to go back to his loose singles because he does have a full, he does not have a uh, full project yet. Um, so whenever that happens, I will definitely be one of the first to hear that, but um, uh, really enjoy him too. So kind of a lot of different things, but mainly that punk rock, angsty teen vibe right now.
0: Very cool. Well, we don't have a full see or no section. Uh, we don't know of a lot of releases coming out tonight. It'll be a surprise right after this podcast. But uh, Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats did save it a little bit. They're releasing their Unlocked mm-hmm. 1.5, they're calling it, which is sounds like it's just a remix album, kind of like what Dinner Party did with their dessert album last year, um, added some features. And this one also has producers added on to it so I guess the instrumentals are going to be a little bit different too so I'm interested for that but next week we have Julian Baker with Little Oblivions I have loved every each of the three singles she's uh, released so far yeah it's going to be that album and then King Gizzard back again they dropped KG uh, just a few months ago and they're back with LW next week and they dropped a music video today and yeah, on pace for 20 or six albums in 2021. So, see if they can beat the record of 5. They've done 5, right?
1: 5 in one year.
0: Yeah. Something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they they just continue to make music. If there it's you'll never go full year without hearing at least one King Gizzard record. Um and it'll be a completely That's new right. sound, like no doubt. Um Alright, well cool. Let's uh let's hop right into the albums. We we have a quite a few that dropped last week. Um first off, this is kind of the anticipated album that uh Corey and I have been looking forward to for a while. That is uh Tyron by Slowtie. Um that's his that's his name, right? Tyron? That's his that's his real name.
0: Tyron Frampton. Yeah. That's
1: yeah. his name. Nice. Um yeah, Corey and I listened to this together and Man, um I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I I really enjoyed the the singles leading up to this. Um I think every single one I I I really enjoyed, but I love the flow to this album. It starts off with these aggressive um really aggressive bangers and then at the midway point it slows down with some more re- reflective kind of kind of tracks. Um it's only 35 minutes but really packs a punch in that in that runtime, And I mean, I enjoyed his, his last project, but I think he's got a lot more to say throughout this record, especially with tracks like Maza terms and, and Vex Vex blew me away. Um, for sure. That's, that's definitely the, uh, most in your face track on this. Um, but for me, I think push with Deb never who did that single last year with Kenny beats. That was the first time I'd ever heard of her. Um, that single was definitely a major highlight out of the non-single tracks that's featured on the album, but overall I really... Stone Cold,
0: Steve Austin. Really, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. That was one of, was that one of your top songs from last year? It was, it might have been close. But anyway, that was a catchy song that, that... I don't
0: know if it made my top 10, but I love yeah, that it's, song a Yeah, lot.
1: it's really good. But anyway, I think this was a like incredible sophomore album and um, uh, yeah, like continued to, continuing to push his sound in the right direction.
0: I got really into slow tie with that twenty nineteen debut Nothing G- great about Britain, which was kind of it was largely a critique of brexit and the political landscape in britain mm. and Tyron, as it suggests, is much more intimate look into slow tie and his upbringing and his short, tumultuous career so far uh so much different topics on this one uh the album is split into two parts, two sides as I see it the aggressive, hard. Hitting Slow Tie, we kind of came to love on his debut, uh, beginning with 45 Smoke and the masterpiece that is canceled with Skepta. Mm. Um, And then I think Play With Fire, the seventh track, kind of acts as the intermediary between the side A and side B, I guess I'd call it. And I Tried, which is my favorite song, kind of signifies the start of side B with this much more restrained and melodic slow tie um, that is until like the last 30 seconds on ADHD when he just spazzes out. Um but yeah, I I'm I'm really digging this album so far. I actually just realized that the first seven songs are all in they're they're spelled in all caps and the last seven yep. are all lowercase. Yes. So it kinda emphasizes the yeah. hard versus soft uh dichotomy.
1: Yep, very good. Really like uh, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, really Matt, like
0: go for it. I wasn't between... gonna say anything anyway
2: really like the variance between the songs um made it a fun listen and just like the switch in energy levels like you said between the first half and the second half i think i like the second half more um i, I with play with fire and adhd were my favorites and it's it's fun to see like each of us have different favorites from this album um so that's always interesting uh but yeah nice
0: Yeah, I think that's usually a good signifier of a good album when your favorite song changes and everyone has different favorite songs.
1: 100%.
0: Should we call it the album of 2021 (laughs) thus far? I was was waiting for
1: somebody to say it. Uh,
0: Anyways, uh, let's get into the next album. It's Claude. It's Super Monster. Uh, Claude, the 21-year-old from Chicago and first signee to the satisfactory Phoebe Bridger's newest. Uh, music label. This album blew my rather low expectations out of the water, mostly because I think the singles weren't the best songs on here at all. Um, Claude's debut is this really concise coming-of-age album with understated but effective production. Um, I think it's really bright and colorful and refreshing, especially after the year we just had and a lot of the music we're getting. Um, As a result of that, I love the use of the shimmery guitar on this town and the little crack of the bottle on Pepsi um, is so simple. That's that was my playlist mm-hmm. pick. Um, I love their voice and yeah, just a solid debut. Nothing crazy, but mm, accessible, pleasant list. Yeah, and this
1: is the. I don't know if it's the first. It's definitely one of the first um, albums to be released under the Phoebe Bridgers new record label, Satisfactory. um It might be the first. Yeah, actually. I'm pretty
0: sure Claude's the only artist on there. Yeah. So far. Okay. Nice. I might be wrong wrong about that, but Claude was definitely the first. Signing. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cool. Well, this was, I mean, like Corey said, an impressive debut, no doubt. And I'm I get some serious like I know we we like to compare on this show, but I, I really get some some Claro vibes on this record. And I looked it up, and I guess that they collab together on 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 projects. I didn't know that, but it kind of makes sense. Their style seems to to, to fit one another, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this. It's got this like dreamlike quality to to the songs on here, which I really enjoy. I love the vocals um, all throughout this thing. Overnight was my favorite song out of the crop of songs that weren't titled "Cuff Your Jeans." I think "Cuff Your Jeans" is, is still my favorite, uh, which was the I think the lead single um, for the album. But um, yeah, overnight, I think it was the perfect song to to start this record off. For sure, definitely a a great debut.
2: It's it's funny that you mentioned Claro Jack because I felt like I I saw those similarities too, and kind of the continuation mm-hmm. of this genre that's becoming more prevalent. Um, kind of the soccer mommy, the wet, the Phoebe Bridgers. Um, oh yeah, yeah. The genre that's really popping right now. Um, I enjoyed it. I really liked. There was a four track stretch from. Anna to Jordan um, and liked all four of those songs right row on this album.
0: Anna with Nick nice. Yeah.
2: Um and and then the the song titled That's Mr. Bitch to You was really fun. I enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, it was a it was a good listen.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um well moving on from there, we have um the sophomore album from uh UK's own Pale Waves who um I think I've mentioned on this show before but they are on the same label as 1975, Japanese House, No Rome, those folks. So pretty impressive uh group of of artists there on on the Dirty Hit record label but I was pretty nervous heading into to this album since I mean I really I love their debut album like I love their debut album. Um and I discovered that pretty late in 2018. Um, or I, I discovered that early in 2019 actually, and it was a 2018 release. Um, and with this album, I only really liked one of the three singles that they, that they dropped. Um, but it ended up being a a good album. I mean, I think it's, I think it's pretty solid. I, I, I mentioned this before, but, um, they're really leaning into that early 2000s, like punk pop influence, um. I mean, on a lot of these songs, I was feeling like, you know, Avril Lavigne 2.0 is making uh, making the debut, um, especially when you look at the cover. I know I'm a big cover art nerd on this show, but when you look at the cover of this album compared to Avril's Let It Go album, I mean, it's very identical, and I think that's for a reason. Uh, definitely taking influence from her, which I think is cool. Um odds odds odd ones out was uh that was my favorite new track um i think change might still be my favorite but i love odd ones out just because i think it's the best vocal performance that heather who's the lead singer um i think that's the best vocal performance she gives on this on this record it's the it's the softest song on the album but it felt like her strongest especially when she belts out the chorus the way she does um so I mean, overall, I think it's a it's a good software album. I don't know if I like it more than the debut. That was I was tough to to top, in my opinion, but still pretty decent.
2: Yeah, I like this one, but I don't
0: have much to add, Jack. Uh, or...
2: Didn't didn't love it. Um, my my fiance said it sounds like it's from a Disney Channel two thousands show. Um, I definitely agree with that. Kind of like the Avril Lavigne type uh, punk pop like you were saying it's got that avril uh, sound yeah but it definitely does I, I thought the instruments and vocals were pretty pretty like repetitive like i felt like i was hearing the same thing a lot um mm-hmm. so that kind of uh detracted from it for me but that genre is going to be always something i'm i'm down to listen to and liked change a lot and also tomorrow yeah. those are my top two songs
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. cool 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 Next, we have a new movie soundtrack. Uh, this is Judas and the Black Messiah. It's a movie about Chairman Fred Hampton of the Black Panthers and an FBI informant. I actually watched it a few days ago and would highly recommend. And the soundtrack is just stacked with rappers, R&B artists, so we were pretty pretty stoked on it. And I'd say as a complete experience, I, I, I wouldn't recommend listening to it, but there was five songs that really stood out to me with her um plead the 45th with smino and uh which i know was jack's favorite song um something ain't run uh or sorry rnp by asap rocky and what it feels like with jay-z and the late great nipsey hustle um something ain't right was my favorite masego kills the hook as he just tends to jid uh kills the verse about being a revolutionary and Rhapsody takes it home, likening herself to the black Panther movement and really, uh, making me go back to Rhapsody's discography. Um, so I thought there's some really good tracks on here, but stick with those ones. Yeah. I mean, like, would be my yeah. Suggestion. Yeah,
1: I, yeah. Like Corey, I, this was definitely a mixed bag for me. Like, like you said, there's some unbelievable moments on here, but With that, you get some very forgettable ones. Um, I thought Nas really brought it on EPMD. I love that track a lot. It didn't make the playlist, but I I thought that was really strong. Her was fantastic on "Fight for You," but then you have like these songs from artists like White Dave, Nardo Wick, and G Herbo, who like I mean, you get like these incredible crop of songs, and you get this, you know. Uh, this side of the album that is just super weak and just feels very just thrown together and just not su- like very organized. Um, so yeah, it's very messy. But definitely, just stick to the highlights. Like Corey said, those five songs, you won't go wrong. Um, play the 45th, play the forty That was.
0: And then they even have Rakim on the last song. Yeah. And it sounds like his verse was recorded over the. Phone yeah, it's for, yeah. In nineteen. 19- 40 before they yeah, it sounds party. like he's
1: underwater. You, you can yeah, barely he's hear the man so
0: muffled and so garbled. I, I don't Yeah,
1: you it. You can't hear him, uh, which is very unfortunate. I mean, legendary hip hop artist Rakim, but uh, plead the 45th, my favorite. I mean, Smito and Saba, that is a duo that can not do any wrong. Uh, Corey, uh, I have to, you know, thank for turning me on to those two because I had not heard of either of those two artists before Corey recommended them a couple of years back and I've been obsessed with both of them since. And um they just have this chemistry. Like you have certain artists in the industry that just uh they just go so well together and they're definitely in that category. Um but just stick with the the five songs Corey said and you won't you won't be disappointed.
2: Yep, you guys nailed this there were a lot of highs and a lot of lows in this album to me. Um, and I feel like that's, from my experience, that's kind of consistent with kind of soundtracks that go along with movies. I don't totally. know if that's a norm um, just for that kind of thing, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the Nas song and the Nipsey Hustle. Uh, those are my two favorites. Yeah, sweet.
0: Yeah, I don't make a habit of listening to movie soundtracks usually, but this feature list really caught my attention. And uh, the Her single... Was the first one that came out and blew me away, so I figured we had to check this one out. But yeah, I I think that's a fair assessment. There aren't any like I don't know soundtracks that I listen to as a complete experience. No. Maybe I'm
1: just missing out. If, but that's if it's I'm not thinking. if it's not Phil Collins, the Tarzan, last album we're going to talk about, I'm going to
0: talk about was my favorite album from January. It came out the night after our previous podcast. It is Madlib, Sound Ancestors. The legendary hip-hop producer dropped his first solo album after decades of collabs and praise from the industry. But it's not quite a solo album, as it was uh, arranged by the electronic producer Fortet. Um, Madlib basically gave him a hard drive of hundreds of songs, and Fortet arranged the entire thing. And I was nervous because the singles were... So polished and refined, and unlike the vinyl scratches and dusty samples I'd learned to love from Mad Lib, um, but credit to Fortet, because these beats transition beautifully from one another, they tell a story, and just sound great. Uh, the samples, loops, and jazz fusion are undeniably Mad Lib, and I'm just stoked that it's this good. Uh, Two for Two for Dilla was my favorite track, a stunning emulation of J. Dilla's style, uh, The late red the late legendary producer. so i really enjoyed this album and wanted to touch on that since we didn't have a chance to talk about it last episode yeah so.
1: right very cool um well let's we got a, a couple um tracks that uh weren't a part of those albums that we ran through so we just want to kind of briefly run through those um The first one for me, this was uh, kind of a surprise release last week, and that is a cover song by James Ivey, Something Comforting. This is a cover song of Porter Robinson's Something Comforting single that was released last year. Um, And if if you've been listening to the show within the last six months, you know of my obsession with the recent Porter Robinson material. Uh, I've just been all about it. And... I actually think that this cover is better than the original which is pretty insane because I really enjoyed the the first one but the 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 original has this like glitchiness to it that um that can be tough to to get behind I think I enjoyed it but I know a lot of folks who listen to it they can't really get get past that um but with this cover I like how it's pretty stripped back um to make it into this more indie rock style track um and I think the lyrics kind of cater the, to that vibe too, and I mean James's vocals um, continue to impress. I'm I'm always, I'm just constantly blown away by uh, by how raw his his sound is. Um, so I've 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 definitely had this on a loop the last week.
0: I can do my one song next. Uh, it is Celtic by JPEG Mafia. Uh, he dropped an EP this this past week, EP2, after EP1 just a few months ago. And Celtic is like this auto-tuned, lo-fi, smooth and muddled at the same time, just contradiction after contradiction. Uh, he raps, I can't believe my talent brought fame. You can't believe I created a lane. And yeah, he's just got labeled as this ex- in this experimental rapper lane and has just taken off with it and said, Fuck it, I'm going to make something that sounds nothing like veteran or cornballs. Right. And here we are, e- easiest Peggy to get into uh, to date, according to Isopod superfan Jimmy. And uh, I-, I like this one. It- it's not a. He certainly couldn't and shouldn't do it over a full album, but this was a very different, interesting auto Peggy that I enjoyed.
1: Yeah, from one Peggy song to another. Um, I also I very much enjoyed that EP. I like the softer sound that he's that he was going with on this because it's very un uncharacteristic of what we're known to hear from Peggy in the past. Um, my song is Panic Room. And it I mean, I I looked this up and it I guess it makes sense that this is my pick. But James Blake is on production on the back end of this song. Um and, you know, like, even though this is a softer tone for for JPEG, I he's always known to push the boundaries with his sound. And um, I like how he's playing with autotune to really use his voice as the instrument to kind of guide the trajectory of, of this song. And really, like, all of these songs in general. Um, definitely softer than his older stuff, but I, you know, I enjoyed it. I think, like, Corey, I don't know if he necessarily should make an entire album like this. Cause I like the, with corn balls, he had some of these songs kind of mixed in between the aggressive, um, more experimental tracks on there, which I think is a great move. Um, but as an EP, I, I enjoyed this for sure. Um, and then the last Lucy that, um, that I really enjoyed was calling my phone by Lil TJ with a, with a black feature. Um, what a smooth, song this is uh i mean very minimal production with that piano um and really letting the the vocals be the focus um and when you hear the production if you've ever heard of black and the stuff that he's made you listen to this production it just makes so much sense why he's featured on this he can just ride a a a beat like this so seamlessly it's unbelievable um yeah i i know corey has been really into this track too um, it's, a, uh, def- definitely a highlight from, from last week, no doubt. Yeah, I think that's all, uh, all the songs we have for this week. Um, we actually, we have a new segment on the show courtesy of, uh, of our special guest, um, called the Matt chat, right, Matt?
2: Burr, burr, burr. God, I really wish I had the air horn noise right now. Yes, yes, it is going to be called Matt Chat. I'm pretty excited. It's going to be some never-before-asked questions for Corey and Jack. Going to put them on the hot seat. Um, And yeah, I'm excited for these questions. I'm going to kick it right off. Uh, First Matt Chat hot seat question. What is one band that you were obsessed with growing up, but you cringe about now?
1: Ooh, that's too easy. What do you got, Core?
0: Well, my 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 first band was Smash Mouth. So. <laughs> Is there much more I need to say? <laughs> hey, now. hey, I mean All Star. Uh, Come but on, but I was in the. I... Oh man, they they had all the hits.
1: Um, I don't know if I'm necessarily what embarrassed by this because you know they they do have a place in history. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily a good place in history but nickelback was um my go to growing up that them and fallout boy those i i just constantly had mm-hmm. them going um and
0: yeah you should be embarrassed I mean,
1: <laughs> well we were we were talking earlier about matt was saying pale waves he thought that their uh, the songs on that album sounded the sounded all the same i mean you talk about a band that just kind of uh, you know, regurgitates the same sound on every song, that's Nickelback. So uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably my pick, my choice on that. Those are good choices. For me, it was... Matt, question
0: two, or are you going to answer? I'll,
2: I'll go for it, too. Um, I was thinking about how I was obsessed with uh, Chitty Bang growing up. and oh. Also Fort Minor, who people will know for remember the name, but I like oh, all their course. weird come stuff on. too. Um. So yeah, definitely cringy for some of those songs when they come on like your Spotify like songs, and you're like, oh shit, I actually liked this at one point. Um, <laughs> so for
0: simple plan, anyone?
1: Oh yeah,
0: I just. What a about? Kid. Um,
1: did you guys ever listen to uh, or hear?
0: And my life is a nightmare. Do you know if
1: the band stained anybody? No. They had a song called Right Here, I think. I love that. When I was like seventh grade, I was all about that. They're kind of like in that disturbed band category, like pretty uh, metal. But it was like the one soft song that they made, and I really liked it. Uh, anyway, I don't know why I said that. But anyway. That...
0: <laughs> Question two. <laughs> Question two. <laughs>
1: Question two. Who or
2: what started your love for music?
1: That's a great question.
0: Ooh. That's easy for me. Go for it, Corey. Uh, my aunt Lara Hyman used to burn me CDs, and it was a lot of classic rock, everything from Counting Crows to Tom Petty to the Beatles. She introduced me to so much music. Sly and the Family Stone was a big one. Al Green, uh Aunt Laura definitely inspired my love for music.
1: Um Little Lady. I think for yeah, I mean shout out Aunt Laura as always. Like what a what a great human being. Um I think uh I mean it's definitely my dad for sure. Um I mean I can't tell you the amount of times we'd be driving to baseball practice and he'd be blasting some classic rock, um, ACDC that back in black record was just constantly on. Led Led Zeppelin one. Um, uh, I actually, when I was really young, um, uh, my dad used to play this old artist. I, don't, I think he, I think he was classic rock guy, Eddie Cochran. If you guys know who that is, but um, hmm. he had this song called "Come On Everybody," and I would perform this song in front of like my babysitter and the rest of my family growing up with this like <laughs> fake guitar in front of our fireplace. And that's probably when my love of music began was um, playing the fake guitar in front of my entire family for lip syncing Eddie Cochran's Come On Everybody. So
2: I think you're going to have to bust that out for your date coming up, Jack. Um, I was thinking about (laughs) this question and I, I don't think I've ever loved music. I think that's blasphemy on this on this podcast Um, But just thinking about how like some people love sports, some people love uh, music or drawing or singing or whatever it is. Music has always been something that I enjoy listening to and like I have memories of growing up. Certain songs come on um, that remind me of a time, but uh, never really loved it, I guess. Um, And that brings us to question number three, a little bit of a longer question. So get ready here. The question is, when is it not acceptable to listen to punk rock anymore? And like Jack and I and a lot of people love getting into punk rock phases. And I'm thinking about the Death Cab for Cutie song that says there's nothing righteous about being 60 and punk. And I feel like Mm. that probably earlier than 60 is when you have to stop listening to punk. So you guys have to tell me what the cutoff age is and why.
1: I feel like Corey doesn't have any right to answer that question because he's not even a <laughs> punk rock fan at all. So,
0: yes, I am. S-
1: since when, dude? Get out of here! Who do you who do? You...
0: I love pop. <laughs>
1: Gosh, no! You need to you need to be listening to the that generic, you know, angsty teen punk music that sounds the same, like Mayday Parade." Fallout Boy, Green Day, Blink One Eighty Two, A Day to Remember. Um, uh,
0: There's no age. There's yeah, no I age. Don't... Anyone should be able to listen to any music they want to listen I to. I agree. My girlfriend is gonna to listen to one direction until the day she dies, and they're never gonna put out another song again, and that's fine. <laughs> People I I I, I, I hate I feel like I was this huge gatekeeper in music and, and still am to some extent and I, I try not to judge people on what, what they're listening to and what they like because what whatever makes you feel good, whatever sounds good in your ears go for it.
1: It's all objective. Yep. Uh I mean subjective. That's what I meant. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't think there is it. As we rate albums, I don't think there is an age. I really don't. Um, The day that you start to hate the music, that's probably the age, you know, whatever that is. It could be eighty. this is
2: this this is good to know. I'll be cranking Paramore on my deathbed.
1: (laughs) Misery business.
2: (laughs) Perfect. All right, you guys survived the Matt Chat segment. The Matt Chat
1: brought to you by the Booze Cruise.
0: Brought to you by the Booze Cruise and Lux Candles. Let's get into Perfect Playlist. Matt, you're first up to bat.
2: Sweet crack of the bat. It's good to be back. Um, Wow, this is a really hard question. It it just feels like so much pressure that you have to pick the right song. But um, to me, right away, my mind went to drum roll. uh, Mary Jane's Last Dance by Tom Petty. Uh, So many things I love about this song. Uh, I grew up listening to Tom Petty and this song kind of like I was talking about earlier, reminds me of a lot of good memories. Um, It's the song that my fiance and I connected on during our first date. And one of like four songs that I can play on guitar. Um, Just when the, when that tinny electric guitar sound gets going, uh, you know, right away, it's going to be a good time. I love the harmonica solos Hmm. and Tom Petty's gritty vocals Um, this, this one just always makes me happy and I could listen to it over and over for a long time.
1: It's great. It's really great. Nice pick, Matt. Really nice.
0: Up to bat steps, Jack McEntee.
1: Oh man. Um, you know, I don't know how we've gone so much time without having this song on the playlist, but, um, I had to really double check just to make sure that it's not on there but it's not um and the song that i am picking this week is an absolute classic in the hip-hop community and that is lose yourself by eminem um mm-hmm. this song is a classic for so many reasons and i think i mean when you when you think about this song and and first listen to it that intro piano could be argued as the most iconic intro to any hip hop song. Um, And then that guitar comes in and it makes you just want to go train for a fight or something. Um, I mean, it just, it just really brings out that competitive nature, at least in me, I want to just like go and, you know, just like climb a mountain or something. It's also very nostalgic for me because I think it was the first rap song that I ever loved or remember loving. Um I remember I grew up going to uh USC football games as a kid and uh that was the song that they played as the team came out came out onto the field. Uh but more than that, like the song itself is really the anthem for Eminem and the struggles that he had to deal with growing up in a pretty cruel environment in Detroit. So then for him to come out of that situation become arguably the biggest name in music for like a decade, uh, is pretty surreal and this song kind of encapsulates that moment. Um, and of course it's also the theme song for the eight mile, the eight mile film, which if you guys have not, if you know, any of our listeners has not seen that movie for whatever reason, it's, it's a must watch. It's, it's a story about Eminem's early music career. And the song was, uh, one, a great, one, a, uh, uh, an academy award for best original um song for a motion picture and um the movie itself it goes into Eminem's early music career in Detroit in Detroit doing rap battles um but it's lived on as a true classic within the hip hop community and really the music community as a whole and how can you not love this song with lines like mom's spaghetti and then you got <laughs> the chorus where he says you only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow this opportunity only comes once in a lifetime. Just every time I hear this song, I get, I get chills for different reasons. And, uh, that's why it's in my book. It's a quintessential perfect song. Great choice. Jack.
0: Very nice. Two great picks. Uh, great choice. Thanks. Today. Uh, Jack wanted to guess mine, and he guessed MF Doom, and I, I wasn't gonna do MF Doom, but, but I changed my mind because I I have you to. You have to. So we're going with not a song from Madvillainy, not food, but Doomsday off Operation Doomsday, the first song that made Doom click for me. Um, produced by Doom himself, Doomsday is bursting with dizzying bars, internal rhymes. Doom called it a track about hip-hop rules and rules about rhyming. It's got more rhymes than I could ever dissect, but I'll recite my favorite four Doom bars ever. But first, you need a little hip-hop history lesson. Here we go. Doom first appeared in rap as a member of KMD, a hip-hop trio under the moniker Zev Love X. His brother, DJ Subrock, was also in the group. DJ Subrock was tragically hit and killed by a car at 19 and Zev Vlog X also disappeared and the KMD group was disbanded. 4 years later, Doom reappeared under the hip hop name MF Doom. Operation Doomsday was the first solo album Doom released and on Doomsday we hear something we hear two things very rare and seldom seen from Doom since First, we get a reference to his brother and a hook. Uh, not a lot of hooks. Well, not not a hook, but a chorus, I yeah. guess. Um, and the last thing you need to know before I recite these bars is that his last name is Dumoulay. Daniel Dumoulay is MF Doom. All right, here we go. It, it goes, on Doomsday, ever since the womb till I'm back where my brother went, that's what my tomb will say. Right above my government, Dumoulay, either unmarked or engraved, hey, who's to say? Dumoulay, his government-given name, also a double meaning, like, Dumoulay? Till I'm back where my brother went, that's what my will say, right above my government, Dumoulay. So, just just Mm. a mind-bending bar. Uh, This song and Doom's discography is full of them, uh, but... R.I.P. to the greatest. Uh, he's he's back with his brother now. So, MF Doom. Three legendary songs we picked there. I think perfect choice. Man. I
1: love all three of those songs. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um. Well, I think that's about it. I
0: th- I want to apologize to our listeners for uh, interrupting everyone the entire time. It might be my audio. It might be Jack's, but. Uh, we're not going to redo it. I'll tell you that. You no, know, uh,
1: you know, I think it's my audio. Um, my computer's probably not used to um, having Matt Ryan on the other line, um, along with Corey on this show, Too so I'm probably fr- freaked yeah, out a little it's bit. Matt.
0: we've never had these issues before. Yep. Yeah,
1: we haven't. Um, this is the first, and uh, I'm just going to blame Matt for it. So um, there you have it, folks. Um, Matt, well- Matt, thank you so much for coming
0: on, man. Great to have you. Yes,
2: sir. Can't wait to be a regular guest. Um, This was just really fun just to chat with you guys. An absolute
1: pleasure, Matt.
0: That's it. That's all. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back in a few weeks, probably.